You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kachemitz, joined by Scott Merkin. Talking White Sox, now that the uh, uh, Justin Upton and Yoannis Cespedes situations are resolved, and obviously it was kind of a long shot that either of those guys end up in Chicago as it was. Um, but do you see any movement on the White Sox part on, on the next, next tier, basically? I think it would be more trades than anything if they're going to make any moves. Um, you know, I think a left-handed bit would certainly help. I think the biggest thing they're missing, you know, it, it's interesting. I've covered the team for, I guess, what, 14 years now. And um, I don't think I've ever seen a more, you know, a bigger reaction to a player not coming to Chicago than Cespedes. And I don't know if it's just the lack of confidence in Avi Garcia right now or fans really felt that with Frazier and Laurie, you had to go the next step and add him or, you know, just another power bat. But, boy, it was, you know, as long as that process went, it was just crazy to see some of the rumors out there and to see some of the reaction. And and really, you know, I I think – Cespedes has pretty much made clear from the end of last season he wanted to stay in New York, and he got what he wanted. And I think Alex Gordon wasn't going any, anywhere either. And that ended up leaving Upton. So, you know, and, and the Sox were not going to go into the stratosphere that Detroit went. So I think, you know, they still have other options. I don't think – I tweeted that out the other day that kind of got a mixed reaction, but I don't think they feel like there's a, a dateline and they have to have the full roster set and everything's got to be in place by – this weekend in Soxfest or by, you know, February 8th. I think, you know, something could happen even during spring training, the way the market's playing out. So I wouldn't rule anything out, but I would think more trade in. The biggest thing I think the Sox are missing, we've talked about this before in the podcast, is kind of that insulation. You know, if, if someone struggles again, if Garcia has a, a rough start or if the Roche just can't get it straight after last year as a DH, then there really is no one, there's no prospect that's, you know, outfield-wise or DH-wise that's, or first-base DH-wise that's ready to step into that role. So that's you know, barring some sort of interesting non-roster invite they bring in, that's one of the things that they're missing that they need, that contending teams need, is that kind of sort of like the good backup quarterback in the NFL. You know, if someone goes down, you have a, you have a, a quality guy behind them to step in. Yeah, you mentioned the lack of prospect depth uh, from an outfield standpoint. We're going to talk about their top couple prospects in general. And, of course, number one guy we talked about quite a bit on this podcast because he does have a potential role in 2016 as the season evolves, and that's Tim Anderson at shortstop. Uh, Merck, we, I know we talked about this guy a little bit last week, but what the heck, let's talk about him again. Uh, he is their number one guy after all, and, you know, we, we hinted at this last week. There used to be some question about his ability to stick it short, and maybe for some scouts there still is, but he certainly has made uh, enough defensive strides that the White Sox feel better about it. Yeah, I should have looked this up to get the exact number before we started this, but I believe Derek Jeter in his first full season in short in the minor leagues, I want to say committed 59 errors that season, and he turned out to be a pretty pretty solid shortstop. So I think, you know, Anderson comes in with not a ton of baseball experience. He split time in high school. He went to a junior college, and, you know, I, I think he's kind of learning. Now, I, I've been one who's kind of advocated for looking at him out of spring training as a possible shortstop option, taking nothing away from Tyra Saladino who brought a lot of energy to the team and can play shortstop fine defensively when he came to the team last year. And maybe I'm pushing Anderson more than the Sox, you know, want to push him at this point. Maybe they want to see him 
get a couple hundred, you know, at bats at Triple A Charlotte before they start thinking about the next level. But I really think this guy's a dynamic presence that can that can ha- that will be able to stick it short and also has that offensive capabilities to kind of change the game. Maybe not so much like a Todd Frazier where he's going to hit 30 home runs, but we can do a little bit of everything to kind of change the offense a little bit. Our number two on MLBpipeline.com list is Carson Fulmer, first-round draft pick from 2015. And, Merck, we, we've said before, the White Sox have a history in the organization of moving these guys quick to the system. What's the outlook for Fulmer going into 16? Yeah, I know they loved having him at number eight last year. They were, they were thrilled that he, that he lasted to there. And I think there's sort of the expectation set by Rodon last year that, you know, just a little bit in the minor leagues and he's ready to go. I, I think, you know, Fulmer probably needs a little more time than Rodon did coming in. There's actually been some talk I've heard here and there that Fulmer might be suited in the future. That you know, it's not certain reliever or starter, but most people in the Sox believe this is going to be a quality starter. And I think, you know, I've heard people talk about maybe he can come up in the year as a reliever, help out of the bullpen. I wouldn't be surprised if he comes up and makes you know a couple handfuls of starts if the White Sox are in it and the White Sox, you know, feel they need an extra starter. Now they're counting on Eric Johnson and John Danks for the back end of that rotation, but. Fulmer is there, and Fulmer is close. And, you know, they're really – you take Tim Anderson and Carson Fulmer and then really Chris Beck, who's coming off a nerve surgery in his elbow. So, you know, he should be ready, but you, you never know how the, the exact process goes on that. Those are really the three most major league-ready prospects. And after that, there's some good prospects, but not guys who are probably going to help in 2016. So those are the guys to look at if, you know, if they're going to need assistance from within the system this year. All right. I want to thank Scott Merkin for joining us. As always, thank you all for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Chicago White Sox edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.